Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It. I am the host of this the medical podcast. This is going to be a hell of an episode for you people. I can't believe you guys get this for free because the guests we're going to have. Let's start with you, Dr. Tyler Black, suicidologist. Hello. How are Hi. you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you, sir. Um, your team is the the Lakers. That's your favorite basketball team. We've discussed oh, this yes. on the show a lot. You've come to this interview with a big Lakers backdrop knowing full well that the Lakers are currently uh, destroying, and by the time this has aired, probably have destroyed my beloved Warriors. And you've done it to throw me. You've done it to get into my headspace. <laughs> like Rick Fox to Doug Christie in the 2003 playoffs. You're trying to fuck with my head. And I'm going to be honest, it's working. But I'm glad you're here, um, nonetheless. Joining us also... We have Will Poole, otherwise known on the internet as Christy Yamaguchi Main. So glad to have you back. World-class shit poster, all around Thank mensch. You so much. Fantastic guy, host of Jorts Pod, um, one of my favorite podcasts uh, that I, I listen to. Um, thank you for coming back, buddy. Well, thanks for having me. I'm definitely the smartest guy on this podcast this evening. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I feel I've, I'm in good company. Um, you, thank you, you know, thank you for I, having me. I know the joke there is you're like, the rest of you guys are doctors and I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but I think by the time this episode is finished, you're going to leave being like, Oh yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's good. Wow. Okay, that's uh, if, that's. If all of COVID so... hasn't taught you that, then I don't know. What yeah, to that's say. true. That's true. Well, <laughs> I, I don't. I I have not uh, studied to be a doctor, nor have I done my own research. So, um, you know, I feel like those are the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> you, you either do one or the other, and I have done neither. So I just I just trust you three fellows. 
Um, well, I mean, that's what yeah. that's what I do too. I mean, I don't know everything, but I, I find the smartest people I can find, um, and then um, I listen to what they have to say, and that's yeah. that's kind of my job on this show too. Um, and speaking of smart people joining us, also we have Dr. Ryan Marino, toxicologist, ER doctor, um, YouTubist. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Favorite people, so. Yeah, thank you, man. It's good to see you too. Um, what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to talk about conservative panic, conservative panic about a couple of topics, homosexuality and some LGBTQ issues. Um, and I think the, what, how I will start this is by playing for everyone here uh, the, the clip that I saw on Twitter that uh, prompted this episode. We all saw it, and we all, I think, had a nice little chuckle about it online, and we were like, you know, we should probably discuss this. So I'm going to play a clip now from someone named Tudor Nick Dixon. Sorry, Tudor Dixon. Are you, were you guys familiar with this person before um, I play it? She she ran for political office in Michigan, right? Yes, yes, that's okay. exactly right. She was the top of the ticket in a battleground state, by the way. Right. And she has a, a name that sounds like 15th century English royalty. Like that's yeah. that's the only <laughs> like she might as well be the, you know, a, 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 a Renaissance painter, you know? Oh, like yeah. Tudor Dixon's, I'm not going to lie. I think it's a pretty cool name. It's like it the is. name of like a good alt country band, right? For sure. I'm not taking you seriously if you tell me that's your name. Yeah. It's a cool name. Right. But I'm not right. taking your uh, expertise in anything seriously. Well, and you certainly shouldn't when it comes to her giving medical advice. So she is a failed politician. You mentioned that she lost to Gretchen Whitmer. Um, and uh, she's become like this culture war podcaster. And so she had this clip posted on her podcast uh, with her and a guest, Buyans Yako, um, about the hypersexualization of children. So let's let's hear them talking right now. Okay, let me let me let's stop there. I'm very impressed by by the way how well you guys managed to not cut in. On that. Well, I didn't hear anything. Oh, yeah. son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, you guys are waiting so patiently. Oh, we were, I was, <laughs> I was one. I was like, shit. I must be the only. one. I'm just gonna fake it. And then I'm like, and now I see like Tyler slowly look around. Like I don't think I'm hearing anything either. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm keeping this in absolutely. Well, you got to listen to it in. twice, so this will be yeah. really good for your mental health. Kevin. Um. All right. Yeah. Actually, why don't you try sharing your screen? Tyler, can you try that? If I yeah, if I send just it to give you, give me give me the link first, and I'll yeah. All right, so just play the whole thing. Yeah, please. To sex pre pre puberty, even just in conversation. Do you know, Tudor? Our tests have shown this, and Kinsley did this. Alfred Kinsey did this at Kinsey Institute, and he knew the how effective that would, this would be. If you mention a particular sexual act to a child pre puberty, a child that had not been exposed to it immediately by hearing the words the brain starts producing a hormone the brain starts firing neurons that was supposed to be dormant until puberty the brain is now starting to create a demand for that particular dopamine effect so they know what they're doing they know in the classroom yeah. if they talk to a five-year-old about masturbation that the child is going to explore it so okay, that's that's so. Um, 
my first question for you, Dr. Tyler Black. We we can <laughs> listen to more of that, but I think that's that's probably gives us the gist of it. And any more might make my head explode. Um, the gist of this is that just hearing the words he says can change and alter uh, a child's biochemistry. And I'm I'm interested, what do you think, what kind of hormones might be produced or changed by the words dirty Sanchez? What? (laughs) Well, that that one's, that one's, uh, I mean, the the most incredible thing about that clip, I mean, aside from it all being scientifically garbage, is how it co-ops so many different pieces of garbage. For example, when everybody talks about their dopamine hit, they imagine that our brains have like a dopamine for sex words. And then I got my hit for that. So therefore I need my, like, neurotransmitters are not that specific so it's already just completely co-opting this dopamine reward pathway science into total bullshit and then on top of that it's going directly against the evidence we have about education towards children which is in fact as children have heard more and more and more and more about sex and safe sex and how to recognize um, you know abuse and how to help each other and all these types of things we've seen rates of young children engaged in sex decreasing, not increasing. In fact, the more education you give kids, the better decisions they make. Kids who don't have education are the ones that are more at risk uh, for increased risky behavior. So it's just really frustrating to hear that clip from beginning to end. There's a lot of interesting things you said there. One one thing that you had mentioned was that the rates of sex are decreasing in in youth here. Um, Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think about the educational aspect of it. I just assumed it's because porn was so much more readily available than it was for our generation. You know, like, is that not a part of it? Or is it, do you think, truly only the educational aspect? Well, in in studies where we can actually look at the effect of education on a behavior, so these would be studies in which cohorts are either taught something or not taught something, we do see decrease in risk behavior. But the overall trends of decreasing, it could be due to lots of things. You know, um, the number of friends that people have is decreasing over time. Uh, The number of um, kids that are just unattended is definitely decreasing over time. Um, So there could be lots of reasons uh, for the decrease in rates. But there's nothing to suggest that as we've added sex education, kids have engaged in more sex. There's nothing to suggest that whatsoever. And the dopamine thing is just complete garbage. That's complete psychiatric hogwash. That person is unqualified to speak about this. They have no idea about what dopamine does. And he should just get dopamine right out of his mouth. I feel like the dopamine is a good red flag for for these things because people love to talk about it. I mean, they're the the Huberman podcast, all of that. It's about modifying your dopamine, and they don't don't actually describe anything realistically or or accurately. And this guy, Jaco Buyens, is just a Christian filmmaker. Um, so I'm not sure like why he's thinks he's the expert on this topic, but it's interesting that he's literally just selling a product. Yeah, that's a really good point. Dopamine is one of those red flag words like ancestral, ancient, like, you know, those are the, the we talked about this before, those are the grifter words, but it sounds so like scientific, right, Will? I mean, what do you, like, as a, as a, as a lame person, as a sweet, sweet lame man, um, do you, when you hear, when you hear this, what are your thoughts? Are you, are you picking up something? Well, yeah, uh, I- 
similar to the the episode where we talked about coffee enemas and and whatnot and all the the grifter language, the grifter delivery. First of all, like the topic is kids. I know it's it's super super popular on the right. I mean, not popular. It's all they talk about because it is one of the most visceral subjects you can discuss and get people worked up about. So just, you know, this is justification for the laws that the conservatives and and right wing are trying to pass in states where they don't want you to discuss any of this because if if they if if a teacher even says that they might have a same sex partner at home in the most passing way then chemicals are going to start leaking into the kids brains and you're going to have a ninja turtles 2 secret of the ooze situation <laughs> where they morph into like bebop or rocksteady or super shredder and they just become like <laughs> sexual you know monsters or you know whatever the hell the logic is there it's just it's uh yeah i i mean first of all he's talking to tudor dixon and again i i don't trust that name uh at all (laughs) but uh yeah he's hitting all the he's hitting all of the the grifter bingo cards or you know uh, on on his his board there that's coming from a i think it's important it's important though in this context talking to tudor dixon tudor dixon lost pretty spectacularly like these are not popular takes that these people have yeah like she she, uh i mean this is the thing now right like you don't even you barely even run for office to win anymore it's just so you can spin it into a right-wing conservative media uh you know like (laughs) join up that that sphere and make way more money than you ever could uh in politics that's just Just, that's part of the grift just for just a pause on how to do critically thinking about this I want everybody to imagine the type of study that would be necessary to prove that five-year-olds had an increased leaking of their dopamine because of the mention of a word in passing, a sexual word in passing. You would have to get a randomized trial through ethics where we told dirty words to five-year-olds and then somehow invaded their brains, usually probably, I'm guessing some kind of biopsy or punch or something like that to measure the direct amount of dopamine in their brains. Like, like when people talk about science i always say try to imagine the experiment that would show that and it's just absolutely ludicrous right but to be fair like i feel like there are plenty of medical facilities in the underground tunnels beneath (laughs) washington dc uh new york city like all la of course hollywood that would be capable of doing these stuff. They already have the children down there, right? The, 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 in the, the FEMA so, camps. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I, I feel like all of the pieces are there for to probably yeah. do an a ethical study like this. Let me, let me ask then, I mean, if I'm, uh, I'm trying to be, I'm going to try to be fair about this. Have they ever, to your guys' knowledge or memory, ever said anything similar to this about beauty pageants, like regular old-fashioned kitty beauty pageants? That are kind of I I they're not huge here on the West Coast, but um, I have seen enough Ooh. reality TV to tell me that other parts of the country they are. I mean, is that is this something that people are worried about? Because uh, is that something you you grew up with, Will? It's not something I grew up with, like witnessing per se. I didn't have any sisters or close, uh, you know, you know cousins or anything in this area uh that would have participated in it i did have a high school girlfriend that participated in a pageant and i i she 
I, I helped her practice her talent portion uh, where she sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And uh, this was in like 10th grade, I think, 10th or 11th grade. Oh, and so at the competition, uh, sh- you know, there was the younger, you know, they, they do them by age groups, of course. And so I saw one of these pageants firsthand. And if you look at it in with just the slightest bit of objectivity, you very quickly, it like sends shutters, you know, yeah. like chills down <laughs> your spine type of situation where it is as yeah. creepy as you think it is. It's, uh, it's, it is terrifying. It's, it's, it's terrifying. weird to see that much makeup on a child. I don't yes. know. I mean, if something's going to mess up a kid's brain, I think it's going to be something like a beauty pageant. But I don't know. What do I know? Maybe they, those kids seem to be relatively okay, I guess. On a related topic, are kids entering puberty earlier? And if so, um, do we have any sense of why that is? Um, yeah, no, age of, of sort of the onset of puberty has been generally um, declining going back to probably the 1850s. Um, uh, one can assume that nutrition and health generally have in, impacted that quite a bit. Um, but uh, if we, if we, so one of the most way, the most known ways to study this is is studying the average age of the onset of puberty, or, or the term we call menarche in medicine. And um, what was once in the 16s or 17s in the 1800s um, has has you know slowly decreased to um, 12 or 11 or so. I, I am familiar with that term mon- monarchy. That's what. Uh... King Charles just <laughs> yes, it's the monarchy. Is. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, the, sure. the slope is really quite a bit slower in the like from the sixties onwards. So there is a still a general trend towards decrease, but it's nothing like what we saw with the boom of nutrition and health in the eighteen forties to the nineteen fifties. So um, one of the things this brings up for me quite a bit is how frequently politically, especially on the right, they're going to invoke children, the the prevention or the protection of children, um, when they don't actually care about children, you know, and and I, I don't mean that in a some don't some do. They're, they're using children as, as a way to exploit other people's care about children for their own political gain. So, you know, uh, Ryan's very familiar with this, how drug use is used as a boogeyman again, and, and they use drug use. And then it always kind of translates into, but what could happen to children if they are exposed or, or these types of things? And yet, continuously throughout the, you know, the last 20 years, we've seen general decreasing trends in the types of things that they're boogeymanning. Uh, like drug use and early sex and teen pregnancy and, and abortion in youth and all sorts of things like this. You know, it's very common for someone to evoke what happens if a 13 year old asks for an abortion and, and you know, in an in a, in a argument that's that's really not there to care about those children at all. It's there to advance their political narrative. And it's very frustrating. We all know what is driving the right, you know, narrative on trans issues and and whether it's uh, abortion issues, or this is religious intrusion. Um, and, and they're using fears about children as a substitute for this offends my religion. And that's very frustrating. And at the same time, these are probably the same politicians who are trying to get like younger children to be able to work again, um, mm-hmm. rolling back like school lunches and all these other programs. And one thing that Tyler brought up that I just want to repeat uh, is 
abstinence only education, like not teaching people about these topics does not work. That is well studied. That does not reduce rates of sexually transmitted diseases, pregnancy, drug use, overdoses, any of that stuff. And so, I mean, that's one area where I have a lot of overlap in talking to people because they're always like, well, why would you want kids to know about drugs? You're, you're teaching them how to use drugs. And it's, it's very similar to sex education uh, in that if, if you don't teach someone, their, their risks are going to be probably increased, but never decreased. It's all facets of the same plan that they've had going back since the kind of modern or the, you know, the, the modern version of the, the American education system, whether it's, it's rock and roll, you know, uh, distorting kids' minds, whether, whether it's heavy metal in the eighties, right. Where, you know, uh, just, kids being more open to discussing things like uh suicidal ideation and stuff you know well it's the it's the heavy metal that's causing that and and we're you know we we don't want to allow our kids to explore those topics or then you know more recently there's like crt there's gay panic that yeah i mean there was gay panic when i was in school i'm sure there was yeah. uh when when y'all were in school as well there's just these like crazy these wild uh rumors and and urban legends that would would circulate constantly and it all all of these topics they were constantly they 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 orbited around subject matter like drugs like sexual uh orientation like music that uh it was it was always twisted. These topics were always twisted to discuss, you know, talk about how they were ruining today's youth. And this is just another aspect of that, you know, like this yeah. is just another extension of that right. that progress. Is it, it? I think it's just like anger is the best. Anger and fear are great motivators for politicians. And so, you know, as parents, you know the just the thought of something harming your kid in either way, physically or mentally, is the kind of thing that pushes you to do things, to vote certain ways, to actually make actions that get you off your butt. Those are things that can bring voters out. The more you can freak people out about that sort of stuff, it is really smart using kids that way. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's a smart tactic um, to, to do it. Only Only place it doesn't seem to work is guns, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one the one well, that's how you we, know right yeah, yeah exactly and that's exactly that gives away the that, yeah, right. that gives gives it up right there uh yeah it, it shows the for them to be the frauds that they are uh when you want to discuss the one thing that is killing kids left and right when they go to school uh well i nope, sorry can't, it, can't do it, anything about to it is funny just seeing how they shift how this argument's constantly shifting to the point where they're just like giving up like yeah. the republic, the, the right would at first would be like, you know, it's too soon to talk about it. Then it's just happening so much they couldn't say that anymore. Right. You know, the whole like it's too soon to talk about it. Wait till it goes away and then people forget about it. That doesn't happen anymore because it's constantly happening. And then it was, you know, uh, well, you, it's mental health maybe, you know, but then everyone's like, well, you also cut all the mental health services for youth and, and you're the one fighting against you and all these other Republicans. So that's kind of gone away. And now you just straight up see them just being like, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. We can't, yeah. we can't live in fear. Well, and the, <laughs> the flip-flopping is incredible because, you know, one of the commonest things to use to defend gun rights um, by the right is it's in the constitution and it's an individual's right. And yet the very thing they're trying to do when it comes to all of these health issues is say, you don't have the right to be the person you want to do to select your own medical treatment, to um, love who you want to love, to do what you want to do. They're basically saying, 
I want this right totally protected, but all the other rights, I don't care about your individual rights. It should be a, a matter of the government. And so there's that whenever you see a politician inconsistently use an ideology like that, you know that it's not about that thing. And that's why that's why it really frustrates me. It, it, it's it's really sad to see. Um, you know, I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist. I know, Ryan, you work in the emergency department. I routinely encounter kids who, especially lately, one of their main stresses is how they are being portrayed and perceived by other people. Like, like they're taking on these social fights. They're taking on these social blows. I've had kids who are trans tell me, like, talk to me specifically i'm in vancouver bc canada and talk to me about what trump said about them or what um ron DeSantis said about them you know and, and this is it sounds so esoteric it's just a political point but this is actually making kids who are already vulnerable suffer more and it's very frustrating well speaking of ron DeSantis, let's talk about the the don't say gay bill uh as it's called formerly known as the parental rights and education bill and since that time, pretty much everyone calls it the don't say gay bill. And the text of the legislation um, states, the classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards in the other grades. Pretty vague wording, but basically... What it did is it gave states the, the the right or the parents the right that they could bring an action against the school district to obtain a, a declaratory judgment uh, and award money and fees if they feel like the school violated that measure. That was uh, that was put through last year, and the plan now is uh, all school districts in Florida have to be uh, required to to update that by June of this year. Let, let me start by by talking about this bill because it it's happening now. We you know we heard about it a year ago, but now it's going through and and the schools are making that change. What harm do you think this bill could cause, Ryan? I'll start with you. Like, what are the potential harms you see? And I'm sure there's many. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't even know where to begin. It's just so ludicrous of a concept in the first place, and. I mean, one of the most telling things for me is that if you bring up any of these criticisms of it, like the only response I, I ever seem to hear is that, oh, the bill doesn't actually have the word gay in it. So you can't call it the don't say gay bill. Um, but I mean, like the subtext is right there. So I don't I mean, kids are not going to feel safe in schools. Their schools are not going to have good education. I think one of the things we've seen over the past several decades is that kind of telling teachers what they have to do and and setting all of these ridiculous um, requirements has made education in this country a lot worse. So you definitely have that to start with, in addition to kind of the more more bigoted parts as well. And I think just recently, Florida also passed a, or made it through the legislature, um, some bill to take children who receive gender affirming care away from their parents. So, I mean, like, these are the downstream effects, and this bill has been, like, replicated in a bunch of other states. They're trying to do it in the U.S. Congress, so I'll let the other people speak to it. But, yeah, it's it's not good. There's no no good that I see coming from this. I, I don't really understand what the justification could possibly be. Tyler, let me ask you this. Uh, what are the potential harms that learning about transgenderism could cause or homosexuality could cause? What are the proposed 
mechanism of harm? Are they saying that this could make the kids gay or transgender just by learning about it? I mean, the, the arguments are always, again, about protecting children. But, you know, I would just really encourage people to listen to what kids are saying. You know, I, I, I've been in practice, clinical practice now for, for almost 15 years. And, you know, I used to start asking, like, tell me a little bit about your girlfriend. And as I've learned how to be more inclusive and all that, I've said things like, tell me about any romantic interests you have. And I, I say things in a very sort of non-directive way. And I have watched the development over time of kids who are so unbothered by this, and yet their families and their parents are so bothered by it. Like the nonchalance with which a child in 2023 will say, oh, yeah, my friend is trans or my friend is goes by she, her pronouns, um, and then just honor those pronouns. It, it's, it's so a nonchalant nothing to them, and they're not harmed in any way, um, you know, all of this talk often comes to social spreading. Like if if more and more kids are talking about being gay or being trans, then it'll lead to more kids being trans. And uh, I'll I'll put a quite a quick pause on that. And but I'll first say that probably you know it is more than likely that if you knew someone who is trans, you might think a little bit more about trans issues. But the second thing about that is, so what? Like who cares? what identity a person has with respect to what they enjoy, what they like, what they want. If someone thinks or feels like they're trans, I, I still don't understand what the harm is, um, aside from the fact that maybe they they may dress a certain way or they may ask someone else to respect them with a pronoun or like, I don't see what the harms are. But of course, to the religious right, there is a huge harm because this goes about this against the sanctity of what God wants. Or for someone who is bigoted, they believe that um, trans people are more likely to be sexual abusers when that is absolutely not true, or that um, homosexual people are more likely to be sexual abusers, which is absolutely not true. The vast majority of child sexual abuse occurs by heterosexual people. In fact, it mostly occurs by family members of the person who's sexually I've, abused. I've, uh, and so it's so frustrating. Many, I've pissed many coworkers off by telling them if they actually wanted to combat uh, uh, sexual assaults on children, they need to make it illegal for male family members to be alone in the room with them. Um, and of course, they don't want to hear that. They get very right. mad at me when I say that because of yeah, how yeah. absurd that sounds. However, if you actually want to statistically decrease uh, incidents of that happening, that's absolutely what should be made illegal. There's never any talk from these same people about the tens of thousands of covered up sexual abuse cases within the Christian churches um, either. So... I mean, that's the, inconvenient, Ryan. The, Why would they bring that up, bro? Come on, man. Come on Ryan. What are you talking about? <laughs> I wanted to, to say something about that law in, in Florida. Uh, yeah. The, the design of that law, while it is, Tyler, you're right, absolutely, this is all rooted in evangelical uh, Christianity for the most part. Um, one of the uh, the the primary functions of that law, and it gives it away in it, is, is the... the uh, ability for parents to literally just complain about something that they disagree with. Right. And then the school district is on the hook financially for, uh, for, for I think for, I, how, what did it say? Kave? It said uh, for awards and damages. I mean, okay, that's really so, vague. It means, so it means like, financial rewards. Yeah. So essentially you're going to get uh, principals and superintendents of school districts that are deathly afraid of their budgets getting eaten up by parents 
complaining about literally anything, anything, yeah. because it says like, what does it say? K through third, but then also if you deem it inappropriate. Yeah. So right. at 15 years old, if you have a, if, if, if your kid is 15 and you're a, a just an angry at the world, you know, uh, I'd say right wing dipshit. Dude, you're just, white. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're just you're Florida Ryan man. Ryan and Tyler won't take any offense. They man. understand that they're <laughs> white. They get it. They're sorry. Uh, it's okay. And and you're mad about something. The slightest. You you can just get creative with your complaint, right? And then you're you're costing the school district. And the ultimate goal here is to destroy the public school system you know whether it comes to like charter schools school choice you know that whole movement the betsy devos crowd yeah um yeah that is the ultimate goal here and it's just one more mechanism in which they have passed to chip away at all of that yeah exactly another way of just crippling the public school system then watching them fail and then saying how bad it is exactly exactly yeah. right you know it's so funny to me this whole thing between ron DeSantis and disney it's like, do you know that if you're having a fight between Disney and Ron DeSantis, you know how bad you have to be for me to be rooting for Disney as the less regressive <laughs> yeah. option in that battle? Those racist bastards put me through Aladdin when I was younger. Like, <laughs> like it's a hilarious to me that I'm rooting for uh. Disney in this in this battle. And this is, but it's a, it's a fun. I don't know if you guys know the whole story. I'll I'll, I'll give you the very brief detail of it because. Basically, they have this new CEO at Disney, uh, Bob Chappick, I think. He took over for Iger. And um, there was, when this bill first came out, there was a lot of people who worked at Disney who were like, this sucks. We live here. We're LGBTQ uh, friendly, or that's our community. And they they fought for him to do something. He didn't want to touch it. He's like, I don't want to be a uh, political football, I think was the term he used in his memo to them. But then basically they got so mad, the employees, in, in, they staged the walkout and they started pushing and applying real pressure to the point where he had to reverse his opinion on it. Now, that, that reversal of the opinion really pissed off Ron DeSantis. That was the thing that did it because he thought he was caving to some woke mind virus or whatever, you know, and that's what started off this war with them going back and forth. The, the the funny thing to me is, you know, if he had stuck to his guns, that he probably would have been okay. I mean, Disney would suck, but they probably would be fine. And they're actually doing okay right now. Their lawyers are battling with Ron DeSantis, and they're still doing fine. They've actually been able to – to. it's a very interesting political battle, but, that, you know, they're they're very savvy, smart lawyers. They're doing a great they're, – they're, they're doing well against him. But the, the thing is, this CEO, he you know, if he had come out as a principal stance – I think in the beginning, and he didn't look like he was being wishy-washy. I feel like he probably would have done better overall. Um, he was going to give in eventually, anyways, but not because of it. He looks like he's he it looks like he has no power, no authority, um, and so he uh, I think is already out. I think Bob Iger is back in now because of that. Um, but it's it, it, it shows you that like people can have an effect like. The, the people that work there, the people that live in these places, they do care. You know, we, we here in the, the West Coast, we want to write off people a lot. Like we want to say, that's Texas, you know, fucking, what can you do? That's what they want. Florida, that's what they want. But there are people there that are fighting and pushing and actually getting things done. I, I think it's really important that uh, to highlight the, the, I think the success of the. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. That community within Disney. But anyways, fuck Disney still, nonetheless. Um, <laughs> along these lines, I think something to discuss is uh, the, the Loudoun County Public School Bathroom uh, fiasco. Uh, Solman Mirza had uh, recommended us looking into this. And um, so, Will, uh, you're closer to that neck of the woods than I am. <laughs> I don't know if you had heard about it before this, but can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah. Uh, so the the basically the piece I was reading about it was about this grand jury investigation and what they uncovered uh, in the, the Loudoun County school system, which... Uh, honestly, it's a, it's a very tragic situation. What happened? Um, uh, it says the, uh, I'll just read from this right here. Uh, the grand jury was impaneled in April at the request of attorney general, Jason Miares, uh, to investigate the school division's handling of a sexual assault scandal in which a student charged with sexually assaulting a girl at Stonebridge High at school in May 2021 was then transferred to Broad Run High School, where he assaulted another girl in October 2021. The investigation was requested by Glenn Youngkin, uh, first day in office. So uh, th- those are the facts of the matter. Basically, right. there were two sexual assaults in bathrooms uh, in the Loudoun County school system. Uh, what then happened afterwards, because of the one of the victim's fathers, uh, he essentially accused the school system of because they had a policy in place that allowed transgender students to use the bathroom of their their choosing, um, basically transgender safe bathrooms. He accused uh, them of having what ended up in Facebook right-wing meme circles as rape rooms, I believe, or rape bathrooms. I'm sure it went by so, all sorts of colorful names. So so just a couple of uh, points there. The, this is in um, Virginia, right? Loudoun County? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and the one of the key features to this story of this uh, perpetrator of sexual assault, this, uh, this person that was arrested twice, was that he was someone who was wearing a dress. It's not clear to me if he even... Uh, how he characterized himself or how he, he wanted to be seen if, if he was transgender or not. That part of it I still don't understand. But that fact, I think, was a key point in this argument that was like red meat for like the right-wing crowd. So it, I, I've read that he was wearing a skirt, uh, and then I've read that it was actually a kilt. So I'm not sure what these specifics actually are. If, if you know, 
kilt is close enough for the people that want to run with this that they're going to hold it up as proof you know you know a few years ago with, with all the bathroom laws and stuff the bathroom yeah. bills north carolina went through one where we were threatened to lose the nba all-star game and we like our our local legislature backed down and didn't didn't actually pass one um the this is basically for them this was proof of this policy allowing for sexual predators to have their way with their daughters in the bathroom. Um, what it seems like to me, what I could find on it was this was just a very uh, clearly disturbed uh, young man. Uh, I mean, a, a predator. I, I, you know, I, I know yeah. we're talking about, a, uh, I think his age was 15 as well. I believe if I read that correctly. Uh, so, uh, clearly a young man with issues and it's a very serious thing. And also I want to point yeah. out like the, the, the fact that this grand jury found that essentially the teachers and the administrators at the first school acted in self-interest or actually at the second school, there's a breakdown in communication and they acted in self-interest. They wanted to protect themselves. So instead of handling it properly, instead of going through the proper procedure after the first assault, took place they didn't do those things mm. because of the policy that they had in place they were afraid of this turning into something bigger than it was and them by them protecting themselves this provided the situation for this uh young man to to assault someone else god it's such a fucked up like cycle of shit that happens where right. the right something really bad happens to a woman, it's usually a woman. Something bad happens, then the right uses that uh, to to help further some other point that they have to make. The the people, whether they be politically aligned in one way or the other, uh, then freak out about that, and then they respond in a way that gives the right even more like to to cling to because of that. You know uh, that article. There's an article in the New York Times about this, and um, it there's a a part here I'll read from it, uh, talking about how maybe things weren't exactly as they were depicted. But this week during a juvenile court hearing, a fuller picture of Smith's daughter's ordeal, that's the gentleman, the father that was really angry and started this, emerged. She suffered something atrocious. It had nothing at all, however, to do with trans bathroom policies. Instead, like many women and girls, she was a victim of relationship violence. Smith's daughter testified that she had previously had two consensual sexual encounters with her attacker in the school bathroom. On the day of the assault, they had agreed to meet up again. The evidence was that the girl chose that the, the bathroom, but her intent was to talk to him and not to engage in sexual relations. And then, of course, he assaults her. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a, you know, he did it. The awful thing happened this to this, this poor girl. Um, and that not too much changes in that, but to use this tragic thing um, as a way to fight the trans issue and as a way to 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 put confusion into the trans bathroom situation um, is pretty despicable and uh, effective. It's totally effective, I think, because I mean, yeah. you talk. You, I'm sure people only remember the, the 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 trans rape in that bathroom and none of the other parts that came out after it. Um, or, or no. Yeah, it's a it's another example where uh 
someone is trying to find somewhere somewhere to lay the blame besides the fact that this young man committed this assault like he should he should be blamed for what happened yeah uh, it is it is all on the the assaulter in the situation the perpetrator yet the the blame of of parents wanting to to essentially you know kind of allow for some wiggle room there like it's it's transgender uh affirming policies that are the reason my daughter was sexually assaulted in the bathroom it's like no this she was assaulted in the bathroom because he did this you yeah. know he he committed this this really really awful act um you know it, it just it has echoes of of the the idea of rape culture of you know well what was she wearing right type of situation yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but now it's like what was he wearing that's yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly you know also i should note that the uh the rape occurred about two months before that school's policies about uh trans inclusionary bathrooms went into place so oh, wow. okay. whatever that that has to do with it but what's what also is interesting is now that the same area so loudon county there is now this new like controversy that Fox News has picked up on and, and right wing talking points are about, which is the uh, the that the fact that they're changing the bathrooms. So they are piloting a new program in Loudoun County. It's going to be about eleven million dollars. So it's hefty to pilot a new bathroom program where it'll be basically mixed use bathrooms. So what that means is private stalls with uh, floor to ceiling stalls. Uh, where you use the toilet and then you come out into a mixed like a uh, hand washing area. You guys have seen that, right? That's kind of like popular in bars now and stuff. You guys, so uh, and people are freaking out about that. They're saying this is going to expose people. Of course, the truth of it is, the, the everyone's worried that now there's going to lead to rapes in these bathrooms because of it, or there's going to be exposure because of it. But they're not getting rid of the other bathrooms. The, the students still have the option for the traditional boys' room, girls' room. Um, but I guess I guess I'll start – I want to ask you, Tyler, like, do you feel like that um, a mixed bathroom use like that, do you feel like that is, is bizarre or do you feel like that's just a natural progression of things? It is a little bit more trans-inclusionary because um, everyone can go into it. They use the toilet. They come out. They wash their hands. Is is this the the future of things? Uh, I mean, it it should be. I mean, the commonest place for people to go to the bathroom is at home, which is a mixed use bathroom. And again, I'll point out that in terms of worried about sexual abuse of children, that generally occurs at the home. Um, so, if anything, we should have mixed bathrooms in. Uh, we should have separated bathrooms at home, because sort of similar to uh, the point that was being made earlier. Um, no, I mean it, it, it's you go to a restaurant that only has one bathroom; it's mixed use. You go to you know having having something that's gender inclusive does not in any way harm people. It is a non judgmental option for people. That's all it is. And for, you know, the only, you know, um, the only thing that I think about is, is like, man, a lot of guys aren't going to lift the toilet seat to pee. <laughs> That's what I think about, about those. <laughs> it's true. It's going to be hardest on the women for that reason. That's probably true. Ryan, would, would high school age Ryan feel comfortable taking a massive deuce in a bathroom that's shared use around both boys and girls? Would, would, would high school age Ryan be okay with that? <laughs> um. Well, 
I didn't go to the bathroom at school in high school because I thought they were gross. So were I forced right. myself. I forced myself to hold it all day, which was a really weird thing to do. But um, no, I mean, I feel like it would actually seem safer to me to have more people in in the space. Like, if something bad happened, I could call out to the more people. I don't know. It just yeah, like Tyler said. I mean, most bathroom use is a gender neutral bathroom that you use at home. So right, it's right. it's just weird that they freak out about these things. And like yeah. trans people are less than 1% of the population. So you're not going to be running into them every time you go to the bathroom. Even if you have some sort of issue, it's, it's just bizarre to be obsessed with that. What's my understanding, uh, just from watching as much conservative media as I do, that trans people are actually waiting for me around every corner. <laughs> Uh, to turn me gay, to um, try to make out with me, I, just any number of things. Oh, that you know, part like makes that's, sense. They're I mean... hiding. They're hiding in the toilets. They're like they <laughs> like they're, Yeah, they're, gonna they're just pop out. They're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere. Right. Uh, Mike, so... that was a deep 1980s <laughs> reference for like the three listeners who may catch the Ghoulies reference. You're welcome. Uh, so I have three boys uh, and a foster son that have all come up through the school system uh, right around the corner from my house. Uh, and again, we, we were just talking about, uh, Tyler, you, you were talking about just how progressive kids have gotten and how they are so, so unbothered, the majority of them, by any of these topics whatsoever. And it's been remarkable to see. I, I feel like when I was graduating high school, you still like I had a couple of I had a couple of classmates that were married at the age of 16 oh, years old uh, that I went to, to high school with. And, the, you know, that's a that's a it's more common in the South to yeah. to see that um, we have some very strange, uh, you know, for for states that like to claim they talk, they they like protecting children. They have some very, very, very <laughs> bizarre backwards ass uh, marriage laws about, you know, what you can do with your parents uh, signature and stuff. But anyway, yeah. point being, it felt like we were getting a little progressive uh, when I was coming up through high school. But it is, it is nothing. It was like the dark ages compared to the, what my boys have just experienced. And I've, I'll talk with them about some of these issues from time to time. And I can kind of see the look on their face of them having never considered that this, like a lot of these topics are even an issue. Like right. they, it's never crossed their mind that it would bother anyone that someone decided to, you know, have different pronouns yeah. or, you know, be non-binary or be trans or, you know, uh, whatever, whatever you're talking about. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it warms my heart. It brings a tear to my eye because yeah. it makes me feel good that, yeah. you know, I've just tried to instill them. It it almost doesn't matter what you, else you do in life as long as you're just kind to other people. That's it. That's all uh, that matters. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, I'm here in San Francisco and one of my sons is one of his close friends is uh, his, his has two moms and they got divorced. So he now has four moms total. And he was able to break it down for me really nonchalantly. It wasn't a weird thing at all. Yeah. He was telling me everyone's name. So I knew who was, who was who. And it was like, it wasn't like a thing that they worried about. It was and he wasn't like, and I don't think they're gonna make my kids a, a, a lesbian. So I'm not like worried about it, you know? 
the, the um, one thing, poor kid. The number of moms he's gonna have to call on on like you know how your mom already guilty you for not calling her and stuff. Now he's got four times as much. Of that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, but let's, we can all agree that moms are always better than dads. So I mean, that's you're okay. that's, yeah, I, I, that's I, I agree with that. An advantage there. Um, you know, I, I think I think the bathroom thing is great. Although, if I'm being totally honest, high school cave would probably find a bathroom where girls weren't around to to go drop a massive dump in oh but, yeah no way but, i'm pooping in that bathroom. yeah absolutely yeah. no way i barely poop yeah 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 it's a pee bathroom exactly i'll pee in there i'll pee in there like crazy <laughs> yeah um, yes, but sir. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna poop in there but i'm still kind of like that i don't know anyways um okay so let's move on to another topic story time so i want to talk about drag queen story hours and in particular how it relates to this concept of or the accusations of grooming from people on the right and what grooming really is so uh just a little bit about it so it started a long well not that long ago maybe like 10 years ago here in san francisco uh michelle t a queer author artist uh she couldn't find a lot of like kid-friendly lgbtq books and uh, you know uh, she wanted to expose her children to to some writing some some good work and so basically she helped create this thing which has taken off and, and and I think you see it all over the place. Um, this has been of course a major talking point for the right and it's gone beyond that. There it's attracting attention of these right wing extremists and like the Proud Boys who have stormed into productions from everywhere from San Francisco to New York. Tucker Carlson, Ryan's good friend. Uh, he said that drag queen story hours indoctrinate and sexualize children. It's become like a very mainstream fight for them. And lawmakers in over 14 states have uh, proposed laws to uh, outlaw drag in public or businesses that might allow someone under the age of 18. And one of the things they always talk about in this last year is grooming, how they think this is grooming. Let me, let's just start, right. Uh, sorry, Tyler, can you tell me a little bit about what grooming actually is. So um, this is a bummer, and I'm sorry for anyone's listening. This is obviously going to be a really heavy topic, but um, for for the ability to um, harm children sexually and exploit them, there there are some things that are not quite required, but really, really, really will make it easier for the person to do it. And the process of making someone more vulnerable to um, uh, to sexual abuse is what grooming is. Of course, in today's lexicon, and this is really only an online thing, you never hear people in real life yelling out the word groomer, but this is very much an online thing. Now, calling someone a groomer is basically calling them a pedophile. Um, but of course, grooming is an act of pedophilia because it is specifically the act of getting someone more likely to be victimized. Now, grooming can happen in abusive relationships. So for physical for physical violence, inter interpersonal violence, you can be groomed towards that. And of course, we all know that, that men who do that to women typically isolate the woman and disconnect them from their family and control their finances. And all like these are things that groom uh, for violence. Now, when it comes to child sexual grooming, um, again, a real bummer to talk about, but um, the things that make a child more likely to be um, sexually abused are well known, well discussed. They are the, these are the, there used to be a, a you know so 
dating myself a little bit, but like in 2012, Amazon got in trouble because they were self-publishing uh, and they had a self-published book that was out there on how to molest children and and had grooming steps in it. Um, so so it's it's well it's well known. First of all, yeah. you think tw 2012 is dating yourself? <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit, man. That was like a week ago for yeah, me. It feels like it. But I mean, the the reality is that grooming is definitely um, a thing that we have to worry about. Like we have to teach children how to reach out for help instead of allowing other people to isolate them because isolation is a part of sexual grooming. Um, uh, preying upon people who are emotionally vulnerable is another great way to, uh, you, you, you basically play upon their vulnerabilities. Um, and, and there's other forms of coercion. So, so these, these laws, these ideas, and especially when it comes to victim, um, you know, saying that trans people are, are grooming children by doing this, um, it's a complete, it's, it's, we have no evidence of that. In fact, we have the evidence, the reverse, um, that, um, you know, there is a lot of sexual abuse that occurs towards trans people, um, especially when they're growing up. Um, and, uh, grooming is not something that we should politicize except for we need to teach kids how to watch out for signs of in in their friends or in in, in other people trying to manipulate them that's the only way it should be politicized there's nothing to trans people are like more like to be groomed groomers when it comes to child sexual abuse i'll say it over and i'll say it over and i'll say, say it over family members are the most likely people to do it and there is no relationship between alternate sexuality or gender and being a perpetrator of sexual abuse. There's no relationship. We've never found one. I'm glad you're bringing that up. It's something that we should discuss. I mean, a lot of this comes from the, a lot of this on the right where the, the this idea that there's this link comes from the Family Research Council, which you guys have probably heard about. Oh, yeah. um, uh, they produced what they thought was an extensive attempt to document basically a claim between homosexuality and pedophilia. They they did this big article called Homosexuality and Child Abuse. It looked super scientific-y. There were 76 footnotes in it. Um, met, some of them look like they're from scientific journals, but it was picked apart pretty easily, pretty well. I mean, the, the references they made were not good. In fact, some of the studies concluded the exact opposite of what they said. And some of them weren't studies at all, but just like opinion pieces that they posed as studies. So it was a junky piece of shit article, but basically that got into sort of the right-wing mindset and, and laid an egg. And it's been there ever since. And it seems to be more of a problem like every day, and especially in, in certain parts of the internet. Um, but it seems like people are are less afraid to be like openly bigoted and I mean, use like slurs and that kind of thing. Um, whereas before they would have to be in some like 4chan chat room. Um, and now it, it's all just out in the open. Do you think that's it doesn't reflect what's happening in real life? Like, that's I think people are actually, the reality is people are becoming more accepting um, but because of whatever this like right wing extremist movement is that that's going on, I mean, the like Bud Light boycott is a really good example. They paid a, a trans person to make a 60 second TikTok that you had to go to their TikTok to watch it. It wasn't like a commercial on TV or anything. And for some reason, every right wing weirdo was watching that person's TikTok already and, and found this. And so it was a big problem. Um, so like, I mean, why are they so obsessed, obsessed with it? 
with a it's can just, that you couldn't even it's very bizarre to me store. uh I, I saw lots of people uh claim yeah. that they, they took the american flag off of the can and put dylan mulvaney on the can which is like the f- obviously horseshit uh that did not happen but so for our listeners who don't know dylan uh, mulvaney is a very popular tiktoker uh, has about 10.8 million followers, and she's been uh, documenting her transition online. This whole controversy started April 1st, where she posted that, just like you mentioned, this little like video basically promoting a Bud Light contest. People lose their shit over it, leading to a boycott. This boycott actually has apparently led to some decrease in sales for Bud Lights, and actually two executives there have uh, taken a leave of absence because of it. I don't know what that means. Which, honestly, I I, I said this uh, before about this. Um, what it probably did was just make conservatives, a lot of them, realize they were drinking shit-ass beer. <laughs> like, they, like it, that's why the numbers went down. It's like, well, I'm not going to buy Bud Light this week. I'm going to try something else. And then they try something else, and they're like, oh, shit, man. A lot better. Okay, all right. <laughs> Even if they capitulate and apologize and people get fired and they don't ever work with the trans community again, I, I'm not really going to go back to Bud Light. Why would well, I? The, the funny thing is so many of these people don't even realize that they're still drinking the same company. Anheuser-Busch yeah, yeah, makes like a sure. hundred different brands of beer and that yeah. you guys see like Dan Crenshaw had like this post where he's like showing this fridge and he's like look at all the beer I have in my manly fridge you won't see that Bud Light in here and then someone's like yeah but that Carback Brewing Company there is owned yeah, by Anheuser-Busch so I actually I, I I think again this is one of those examples where Bud Light should have been they should have learned they should have done the same thing they should have done at the very beginning which is double down on this like yeah, you know, get get into it. Be like, hey, we're because they're a, a company in decline. People aren't like drinking. They'll even admit that before all this. Like they try to reach out and get more like younger people drinking their stuff, you know. But this this could be their opportunity to do that. I actually, I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I finally have an excuse to say this publicly. I don't mind Bud Bud Light. I'll tell you why. I have a, a lot of nostalgia for it because when I was playing music and you go to bars, well, you know this, you yeah. don't get the best beer. They'll give you like a bucket <laughs> of beer in the back, you know, and you'll get like Keystone Light or, you, or you'll be like, oh, cool, Bud Light. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So you're like, I have like... For, an, for us, it's PBR and uh, yeah, PBR, Miller, yeah. Miller uh, Genuine Draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like, you know, I, I have an affection for it. Now I have a reason to be like, okay, cool. Like, I won't feel bad getting a Bud Light now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I won't feel guilty about it from, like, my IPA drinking, like, friend, you know? So, um, but they didn't, and, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, t- traditionally, I've, I've read that boycotts are generally short-lasting and people don't change their uh, their long-term behaviors, but... Um, but getting back to getting back I, to grooming. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Ryan, go ahead. I think Anheuser Busch's stock price has not gone down at all. I think it actually like went up slightly since this all started. So the, the boy dipped by about like three dollars over the course of a week, which it was like trading around I think like sixty five bucks or something. So it was just a normal course, like just normal fluctuations, basically. Yeah, and these corporations have been trying to profit off of like pride month and stuff for years so it's it's just funny that everyone all of these weirdos were watching dylan mulvaney tiktok channel for sure yeah i don't I wonder why they that picked up so much <laughs> but um 
getting back to the groomers <laughs> issue. Uh, so Tyler, what, what actually, if we're going to leave maybe with some advice for, for parents, what are things to look for in, in someone being groomed by like, say yeah. like, um, I don't know, a coach or like somebody out there in the real world. Yeah. So, so the recipe to combat is isolation. So you want to make sure you're reaching out to all the kids that you care about. No, um, you want to be very non-judgmental because of course, one of the quick ways to make a child feel like they can't talk to someone is make them feel guilty about something that happened. Um, and so um, regular explicit totally transparent messaging about if anything ever happened to you, I love you more than that thing. Please come talk to me. I will always help you. I know it sounds so hokey to say, but kids do not assume that. Kids assume that they could be in trouble. I've, I've unfortunately worked with many kids who are the victim of sexual abuse, and many of them withheld discussing it because they had a sensation when it was happening that they physically enjoyed it. Um, and they didn't want to um, get in trouble for what they were doing. And of course, the abuser can manipulate that. So you want to stamp down any isolation. You want to be non-judgmental. Anything you go through, if you're ever needing help, I will help you without getting you in trouble, without getting you in trouble. Like I, I just can't, can't overstate that enough. And in, instead, we have many parents who give the opposite messaging. You need to get A's. You need to... Um, stay away from drugs. I don't want you having sex, no boyfriends, all this type of stuff. And all that does, future parents out there, current parents out there, the only thing that messaging does is make it so they won't tell you if it happens. It We have very little control over what happens to our kids, absolutely. But we have so much control over what they can come to us about. And so we want to stamp down isolation. We want to be very non-judgmental in our approach. And we don't want to be making people who are already vulnerable feel like they're more at risk. So if someone's having a tough time with their mental health, if someone's having uh, issues as they're developing their identity or whatever it is, we want to let them know, I'll give you time and space to do this and I'll help you with this. Not you have to also push through school. You have to also figure out your friend thing. You also you also have to meet all of my expectations. And so giving our kids a break. Um, but I promise you, um, that's the mess. That's the recipe for preventing child abuse. And of course, everything socially and that that's within the home. A lot of it has to do uh, as well with poverty, education, all sorts of barriers that that require government support to change. Fantastic. That's a good place to close out on. Um, let me get some plugs here. Ryan, tell people where they can find you, please. Um, I normally say one thing, but come find me on YouTube. I, I don't like the other place. <laughs> His YouTube channel is great, people. I really enjoy it. Such great discussion and breakdown, uh, fentanyl <laughs> stories and myths. I love it. And history as well. Uh, fantastic work. I don't know how I'm going to get on it, but I expect to be on your YouTube channel at some point. <laughs> Tyler, where can people find you? Yeah, same thing. I used to always talk about uh, one place that I don't really want to talk about much anymore. I've created, um, hopefully, something that people find interesting. I've created a, a blog at suicidology.substack.com, and I intend on posting lots of information. There's already stuff there on the relationship between suicide in kids and COVID. Um, and I want to lean a little bit less into the controversy of Twitter, which... Um, 
you know, feeds one billionaire a lot of attention and and everything that he wants uh, for, I don't think, any societal benefit. And I, I want to kind of get back to sort of my roots of just talking about good data and science, especially as it pertains to suicide. It, it's a great uh, blog. I've been reading it. So fantastic you, work. And um, and Will, where can people find you? Where can they listen to you? Uh, you can listen to me and some buddies of mine on Jort Center. Uh, that's the podcast I do every week with, uh, some lifelong friends of mine. Uh, we talk a little bit about everything. It's like kind of hanging out with your buddies at a dive bar each week. Um, except we recorded at nine 30 in the morning. So, uh, we, no, our brains don't function properly that early. <laughs> Instead and, of being uh, drunk, there's this other twist yeah, exactly. Yeah, Precisely yeah, yeah. right. We're yeah, kind of yeah. like sleep deprived. Um, yeah. and if you're still on the hell site, that is Twitter. You can find me at Wapple house, W A P P L E. H-O-U-S-E or if you have gotten one of those sweet sweet blue sky invite codes you can find me on blue sky at Wobble House as well you son of a bitch you got yeah, one yeah I did I got one too Tyler oh did Black. you Tyler, you're Tyler Black. okay alright I'm gonna go follow you I right have now. one too <laughs> what Bobby, you're the only one left out god damn it oh man Anyways, if you want to do something for me, because I'm a loser and not on Blue Sky, uh, go to iTunes, rate and review us, please. I appreciate it. I'll read you a new review right now that I really like. This one comes from AAJ Rice, titled A Good Podcast, Not a Bad Podcast. And the uh, body reads, I like this podcast. I do not want Kabe to die. That's how I like my, my <laughs> reviews, folks. <laughs> Keep them coming like that. <laughs> Wisdom for the ages. Right That's a great one. Anyways, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.